Welcome, one and all, to Discovery, the Star Trek podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial Star Trek podcast. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Ahoy, Pete. If you want to command, you're going to have to learn to keep your freaky to yourself, even if that's painful. Discovery, a Star Trek podcast by Fantastic Geek, for short treks, Q&A, comes to you now via a glitch in the path routing. Pete, just a bit of fleet news before we arrive at this short trek. Indeed, Pete, it is the season of short treks, talking the one that premiered during, though not at, New York Comic Con right now. We'll be back in, uh, what, two days' time to talk about uh, the season two, episode two uh, short trek, The Trouble with Edward, and then Pete moving to a monthly format in the middle of uh, November and December and uh, January. Interestingly enough, and the, the whole schedule is out for them, the last of the short treks, um, January 9th, two weeks before the uh, Star Trek Picard premiere date of uh, now January 23rd, finally announced. Um, the short treks have their own tab on CBS All Access, so they're really kind of outside of Discovery. We know there is an animated one. Um, there's two animated ones, uh, so they're lower decks and then we have, uh, we have the final Picard one as well. So, uh, interesting and, uh, not all that's going on over at fantasticgeek.com. Pete ain't no party like an NYCC party and on fantasticgeek.com, a near two hour podcast adventure covering Everything that we did at New York Comic Con this past weekend, including some more Star Trek coverage. I'm talking some Picard stuff. I'm talking talking to Alex Kurtzman. And I'm talking uh, outside of New York Comic Con, seeing the one, the only William Shatner. Yes, we had the opportunity to screen Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, and then... Uh, William Shatner spoke afterward, and then a little meet and greet. And they even, he even answered my question. So all of that over on the Pop Culture Podcast, which of course you can get on uh, Apple Podcasts, other podcast providers, and always FantasticGeek.com. But now for our mission briefing. Spock steps into a transporter booth meditatively and anticipates being beamed aboard the USS Enterprise for the first time, the slightest smile on his face. Heavy on the Spock stuff, by the way, Pete. We have close up on the badge. We have backlit, natural looking, you know, Vulcan ears. Uh, we have plenty of views of the old haircut, etc. And receiving him is Pete, what is officially, unquestionably on the data pad as First Commander Una. Uh, there she is. Uh, she sees Spock arriving a little bit with that Nimoy. Cage era yelling. <laughs> yes, it was an excellent touch there. No need to shout. She's dictating the memo as he materializes. And suddenly there has been a passage of 37 seconds and not one question. She expects a science officer to barrage her to the point of annoyance. And he has until they reach the turbo lift to do that. A uh, barrage of technical questions. They are given responses of a highly complex 
nature. Uh, once in the turbo lift, they both share an appreciation for fascinating subject matters. Uh, it's around this point that the turbo lift fails. A call is made to Upjohn in engineering. And uh, Pete, they may be there for a little while. Yes, uh, bonding over this Professor Onafua at Starfleet Academy, uh, something that gets touched upon a little later there. But the computer error, the manual controls unavailable, um, and Turbo Lift 6 is in limbo here. But people don't seem to talk in elevators anymore, despite the fact that this is a turbo lift, Matt. Well, I think, uh, number one, using the colloquialism here. Uh, luckily, though, that is enough entry for Spock to continue his questions. First, he wants to hear about Pike's attributes. Number one, saying that uh, Pike is willing to hear other points of view, that he's a fighter who wants to avoid using force, and he is unsentimental, except when it comes to the topic of horses. By this time, Upjohn has a couple possible uh, sources of the problem, um, and they're working on it. Could be the old computer matrix, uh, the path routing, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and Spock asks if um, number one's name is Una, which is not a question. Next question. Pete, I don't know exactly why the show is playing coy with this, but since I was a a uh, real defender in season two of her name not being Una, and despite the fact that now there is enough evidence uh, from this short track to make my position be the incorrect one, I would like to say I am hashtag team number one as we fight the claim that her name is Una, despite evidence to the contrary. Uh, questions continue. Turns out that both Spock and number one, they have a shared disappreciation for the uh, elegance or lack thereof on the upcoming ship operating system. They also briefly debate the nature of the prime directive. Best not to question that last one, by the way, Pete. For Spock's sanity, uh, number one tells him, and then he asks if she likes eggplant. Pete, it's boost time. She wants a boost up to fiddle with the stuff what's up there uh she opens the service hatch and reflects on seeing a particularly beautiful star then she presses the wrong conduit thingy and shocks both of them down to the floor the lights are flickering some some uh sparks falling on them and uh, it's quite a moment yes and we uh learn as they come to from up john that lieutenant amin who we saw aboard the enterprise in discovery is going to repel from deck nine, they just can't seem to find the belaying rig right now. Um, but Spock has run out of questions, which leads number one to ask him if he was smiling when he came aboard. As we saw in Discovery Season 2, Ethan Peck knows how to do great things with little performances. That's the nature of Spock to tone down. Uh, to tone down that performance, to see him stonily admit to it happening once and says that it won't happen again. You see all the preceding years, all the conflict, all the frustration that he's experienced as a half-human, half-Vulcan person. It's all there in that brief moment and done so subtly so. 
it was really well done. And the tone of, you know, Red Angel Spock emerged for just those couple of lines. But um, number one talks him back from this that, you know, the strength of a crew is in its diversity. He's just got to avoid perceptions, especially if his goal is command, because no one endures on Afua uh, to sling a tricorder for the rest of their lives. The big message here is that she has no problem with him being himself, but a future commander needs to keep his freaky to himself. But what's her freaky? With that, Pete, she starts to sing, and uh, quite a moment there for the character, certainly, the music going with her. Uh, and Spock studies her, seemingly judging her, pauses, and then what do we get from Mr. Spock? He sings in response, and then they both laugh. But Lieutenant Amin is here, and this has to be forgotten. We're going to zip our uniforms back up. Uh, an order on his honor as a Starfleet officer never to repeat this, which he swears he will oblige by. They start to repel out, and then time moves forward. On Pike's bridge, that's right, Pete, Pike is there. Spock finally steps on board on this, his first day. He takes his station. Pike notices him. And uh, Pete, it seems, number one, doesn't uh, totally know this this guy's name. What's his name? Quick, check the pad. Yeah, she needs to look it up, of course, and really sells the idea that, uh, oh, this this guy would ever betray me? I, I don't even know who he is. Um Pike orders Spock at ease, which great line here. Uh, it's not his strong suit. And then as they look out on their intervening years between running into Discovery, asks uh, if Vulcans tend to uh, experience awe, which uh, Spock tells us they keep to their, themselves. Pete, we have an incoming threat analysis. I assume that it is uh, particularly lax core of engineering, not keeping proper uh, <laughs> maintenance of the turbolift shafts. I was going to say Scottish engineers aboard the USS Enterprise. <laughs> Certainly, I mean, this a somewhat unique presentation in that there's not some great opposing force other than sometimes things break down. But uh, it serves as conflict enough in that these two characters are forced into close quarters long enough to interact. And when the story has done what it needed to do, things move on. I don't think we can say that Upjohn is either incompetent or intentionally sabotaging. Uh, did find it interesting that they went with a Scottish woman here. Matt, the Enterprise War, does this lady get checked? Pete, a joke is made in the Enterprise War about the revolving door of engineers. The main uh, chief engineer uh, for all but the entire novel is Galajan. Uh, I honestly can't remember if uh, Upjohn is referenced towards the beginning, in part because the story has a prologue session, a section that takes place when Pike is a teenager. Um, but she certainly is not there for the main, uh, the main thrust of the Enterprise War. Well, no wonder here that we don't see this 
particular engineer a little bit later. The other threat, Matt, I would throw out there is the turbo lift and the still largely unexplained turbo lift system. Granted, they're going for visual panache rather than the practicality of, you know, the way we've imagined for years the turbo lifts would work. I mean, the, the massive gaps of open space just don't seem physically possible. I want to imagine the tracks would more so unfold and and fold in the direction they essentially need to go in, in such an environment. Yeah, I kind of reject what the show has shown in terms of that portion of the ship's interior but it appears on screen so you know whatever i don't need to accept every last thing to you know to to be able to enjoy these stories fully pete let's check those long-range sensors for some long-range theories first one up when Spock is talking about feeling a private sense of awe at the end of the episode, it is literally from seeing this lovely star. But is he also talking about number one? I picked up on a little bit of the old sexual tension as well. I want to say that um, writer Michael Chabon and now showrunner of Star Trek Picard is – kind of picking up on the thread maybe established with uh, Majel Barrett's uh, Nurse Chapel. Uh, perhaps there was uh, a dalliance, definitely kindred minds with the computer-esque number one. Um, I didn't have a problem with it, and the, the bond that they've had here, uh, Spock still fully coming to grips with his logic from what we understand of discovery worked for me add to that the fact that of course spock in the cage shows more emotion because they hadn't nailed down the character further part of the reason that they hadn't nailed down the character was because the cool calm logical one was number one and spock was weird alien who will be further developed later on uh, and looks like the devil. And, and looks like the devil. In fact, we'll even paint him red. Wait, no, the South <laughs> will not watch the show then because whatever. Or, and you know, I, I don't say this to be humorous. This was a legit concern. Or, Pete, that red makeup on black and white televisions will make people think he has a hue to his skin that is not suitable for one of the three main leads in a show in 1966. Ack. Um, but... All of this works with where Spock ends up, but we are at a time or we are hearkening back to a time where the thing, some of the things that we most associate with Spock actually were number one attributes and it's stuff that got stripped from her character when she was removed in the, uh, you know, in preparation for the second pilot. So it's interesting to see them so similar here because that's, you know, there's number one DNA in spock from uh you know from the kirk episodes forward so at new york comic-con on saturday the uh picard panel perhaps the most controversial thing uh talked about 
was when uh, director of the first three episodes, Hanalee Culpepper, said that Next Gen was always her Trek, that original series Trek was kind of campy. And uh, Michael Chabon and Akiva Goldsman both uh, jumped to its defense. And you're definitely seeing the OG cred here of Chabon as the writer of this short track. I have to admit, the first time I watched this, I I didn't like it. I think for two reasons. A, the last time I saw a Kurtz Trek episode, it was the massive season two finale of Discovery with you know broad scope and huge effects and the short treks always are intended to be of a smaller nature and you know the fact that it's you know, how do we do a bottle episode i don't know put them in the bottle that moves them inside the ship and make the bottle not move it's the broken elevator um the singing initially did not make sense to me i guess pete credit to chabon who wrote an episode that is perhaps a bit deeper than its parts suggest uh, you could have added a line that said, well, Spock, I will show you my freaky. And then she sings. And it's kind of like, no, you kind of need to infer that as an audience member. It might be a short track. That doesn't mean it's not kind of aiming for uh, great emotive things. Indeed. And uh, dedicated to a Dr. Robert Chabon, which I've not done the research, but we can assume is uh, Michael's father. Yes, Pete, the late Dr. Robert Chabon, uh, a doctor, lawyer, and champion of abused children, as his uh, obituary in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette read this past March, uh, somebody who was an advocate of Medicare for all, and uh, indeed the, the father of uh, Michael Chabon. So an episode here about the, the fun of Star Trek dedicated to a man who, uh, whose son has now ended up on Star Trek. Not the most serious question, Matt, and maybe not the best follow-up to a, a heartfelt dedication from a son to a deceased father. But did we learn in this episode that Discovery is set in what is pejoratively known by some gatekeeping fans as the JJ-verse? <laughs> Pete, is that because Michael Giacchino-influenced music appeared? I mean, look, Kurtzman has been upfront in saying this is the main Star Trek timeline. We're just making it with 21st century TV stuff. And not every piece needs to fit together perfectly, particularly when it comes to things like the ability to spend, you know, eight to $10 million per episode of discovery, uh, which is well above average for TV versus limping along as a, as a middling rating show in the sixties. And with the, with the uh, budget that would come along with that, you know, uh, I'm okay with how this show looks and I'm okay with the short tracks that are using a lot of the discovery infrastructure, how, how all that looks. I truly do enjoy the music and I love the nod uh, it's given here. Um, this of course, uh, Michael Giacchino, who will not only be directing a little later on in the short tracks, but is the supervising composer for these overseeing a bunch of different musicians for the short tracks. Yeah. So some great mentorship there and some great, um, 
extension there for Giacchino, who, to my knowledge, has not uh, directed anything before. So, you know, part of the extended Star Trek family showing up here on uh, this first uh, episode of Season 2 of Short Tracks. With that, let's go to Hailing Frequencies. Hailing Frequencies open, sir. Pete, some listener feedback to this uh, Star Trek Short Trek Q&A. A tweet from Peyton Odinson Excelsior, that's at CryHavocDOW on Twitter, who says, loved it. Uh, and a slightly longer tweet from our pal James, that's at Big Killin, who says of the episode, I thought it was perfect. They have great chemistry, and it was awesome to get a fresh take on familiar characters. Turbolifts are very Gringotts again. <laughs> Definitely scratches the itch, particularly since the one question everybody wants to ask every time the creatives are available is, when are we getting Pike's Enterprise? Um, they gave you 14 minutes and change of Pike's Enterprise here. And don't think they're not going to look at the dial how many times it gets looked at as some kind of proof of concept. Now that the set dressing exists to perhaps build out a show there when, you know, they're not doing Picard or Discovery or Section 31. Well, and it is interesting to think that in the in kind of the the, the money model for a short trek uh and I, some of this to a certain degree is hollywood accounting but like you know was discovery charged the price of building these sets or did discovery get a break because cbs all access ordered you know eight hundred thousand dollars worth of sets to be built for short treks and oh short treks can build that wink and we're going to use it in these episodes of uh of discovery regardless it clearly is a combination that's working for all the different parts of uh of this you know current phase of star trek and uh you know it's fun to watch it is and we're the ones who win with this content pete this content and indeed all our coverage of the star trek universe made possible by those who support us on patreon.com fantastic geek helping make sure that our podcast stays sustainable, the back catalog always up there, and the future plans always unfolding ahead of us. Everybody who contributes gets access to exclusive podcast content. All it takes is a dollar to get in that Star Trek door. So get yourself over to patreon.com slash fantasticgeek today. All sorts of perks and rewards there. But Pete, the best one, it's a freebie. It should be, Pete. It's the it's the Star Trek Times we're headed towards. No more Latinum. How can people talk to you for free on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 10,679 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, do be in touch with the podcast. Comment on FantasticGeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek. All one word with the PH. Like it today. Well, Pete, we will be back in just a few days to talk the next short trek. With that, I will say adios to all the listeners and give you the final word. Uh, I am the very model of a model major general.